Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And I got to say, this is going to be a very exciting episode of the Two Shots Podcast. We're going to be joined by the one and only Noah Magarro George of the Air Alamo. And, you know, and you're out there with our, our other friend too, Josh Paredes. So I know that you guys at the, you know, at the line podcast, you and Ty, Nick, Mac, everybody got together and you were doing the Twitter spaces and the reactions were hilarious, man. But the day after <laughs> Spurs get the number one pick overall in the NBA draft lottery, how are you feeling? I still can't believe that this is real. I was telling you before we started recording a little bit that I kind of went into the night just going, don't have any expectations. You won't be let down. And then it happened. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Because we, we talked a little bit about it too. I was a baby for Tim yeah. Duncan, you know, them winning the lottery. So I don't have a reference for how winning the lottery felt. And just seeing the Spurs win the lottery after losing 60 games, that was, it's just a different level of joy. It was just I, it's hard to describe. It's even hard to put it into words, but it was fantastic just having that moment and being able to share it with fans and friends. And oh, yeah. it was incredible. Yeah, I was working. So I was like, you know what? I, I work <laughs> in the evenings, right? So I said, I want to time it to where I'm going to take my lunch break at that seven o'clock hour, you know, so I can go ahead and watch the NBA draft lottery happening, you know, as it's going on live. So I took my lunch, I was watching and I was like, all right, 10. All right, wasn't the Spurs. Number six, wasn't the Spurs. Five, has to be the Spurs at five. No. Then they're like, okay, we're going to come back in the top four. And they had the Spurs in the top four. I was like, heart started beating a little faster. I'm like, yep. they're yep. going to yep. get four. You know, they got to get four. Nope. Number four came around. Number three came around. I was like, oh, my God, this is not happening. <laughs> and number two, I was like, no, it's going to be them. So I was like, oh, my, man, this is like. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain the feeling. It's it's just no words. You know, it's like, this is not happening. That's what I kept thinking. It's like, it's happening, but your mind's telling you this was a, such a long shot for him. It, it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't happen for them, but just so happy and excited that it finally did. And that the last four years of them not being in the playoffs, hopefully that is yeah. going to be starting to come to an end here. But more importantly, the inner bickering that's been going on for the last four years, because we kind of talk about it, you know, going through a rebuild is not fun, you know, and all the inner bickering that we've had on, on Spurs Twitter, fans going after fans, you know, people calling each other out and calling each other a sheep and you all fo follow the Spurs blindly and all that nonsense when they should have just been enjoying watching the growth of these of these younger players and, and watching the moves that the team has been making, you know, it kind of put a little damper on things. But now with them getting the overall number one pick hopefully all that will be something of the past we're going to be going on to happier days every everything is going to change and you had a, a different aura of the the spurs twitter space you know now that the spurs have picked that number one overall pick in the nba draft lottery i mean what do you think what is your expectations moving forward do you think the inner bickering is going to stop now not really, because I think you see it with even like the good teams, even when the Spurs were good. And, and I mean, that's been a little while now, so we can use other teams as an example. But there's other teams now that are like, oh, should the Mavericks have gone all in for Kyrie? Oh, you have to go all in for Kyrie. You have to try to win that championship. And then there's the other group of fans who are like, no, I wouldn't touch Kyrie. And it's a, you know, a mistake that they went after Kyrie and they had to give up all these assets. And so no matter where your team is, I think there's always going to be people who – you know, disagree with each other. It may not be as 
uh, maybe like violent and disrespectful and, and like noticeable now that they have something to be happy about in Wimby. But rest assured, there are going to be fans who are going to say, oh, well, you know, Wimby wants a ring right, right now. So you better go, you know, load up and try to win a championship year one. And then there's going to be people who, you know, I kind of am in this camp who, you know, take it slow. Let it happen organically. He's 19 years old. You have a bunch of other teenagers and 20-year-olds on your roster. You don't have to expedite your timeline for anything. Um, you know, you, you have the luxury of taking it slow. You have a ton of picks. You have a ton of money. You have a ton of assets. And, and you know, people are going to argue over that. I'm sure they are. So do, do I think it's going to end anytime soon? Not, not really. I think it'll get a little better. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Hopefully it'll get a little bit better. Now everybody has something to be united about and no, you know, inner bickery can be happening now, now because they've finally have the number one pick. The only thing that would really upset the fans, if the Spurs come draft, day don't pick Victor Wimbeyama at number one, you know, but. And that would never happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen because you saw the, the reaction from, you know, uh, Peter Holt's son that was up there representing the Spurs and you knew exactly what he was thinking. And this, the thing is that the league even tells uh, the teams, you know, the representatives and the teams themselves before they even go and, you know, represent the teams up there on the stage. Don't disclose who you want to go ahead and draft. Keep all that a secret. Don't put out, you know, hey, this is my wish list of, you know, none of that stuff. They want everything to be a surprise. I get that, you know, but I mean, come on. Everybody knows. I mean, you've already seen the murals up. You're the one mural up here in San Antonio. And even the news was out there and, the fans were at the mural and you saw the people honking downtown and yeah, this is exciting times. I was saying, especially for, for somebody your age, you know, with you and Mac, and Nick and Ty, Josh Paredes, all you guys, you know, this is something that's exciting for you all to, to kind of see firsthand because me being the older guy of the bunch here, I've already <laughs> been through all this, you know, and I, again, going through rebuilds is no fun, but when the journey's starting, like it is now, this is going to be something very special for you guys. And I'm happy for y'all in that regards, you know? So I mean, we're going to talk about Victor now, but you know, Victor Wembeyama here, you know, he's had a quite, quite the Tuesday, you know, we're recording yeah. this on Wednesday. He had quite the Tuesday. He helped his team, you know, uh, go ahead and, and get a win here before he even got ready for the NBA draft lottery. He scored 14 of his team's 22 uh, points in the fourth quarter, team high 22 points in the fourth quarter, you know, and they went ahead and got the victory over his, uh, uh, well, victory for Metropolitan, you know, or the Metropolitan, Metropolitans or whatever they call it. Yeah, Metropolitans 92, yeah, they, they beat the Paris Basket in the regular season uh, finale. Yeah, a good game. Yeah, 93 to 85, you know, so not, not bad at all, you know, and he finished the regular season and he averaged 22 points, 11 rebounds and three blocks per game. Um, which, you know, led the league. And, you know, he's also probably going to go ahead and he's going to, well, before the game he did, he received the trophy for being the league's top shot blocker. And he's also expected to get more hardware and claim that coveted MVP, you know, of the league as well. So, you know, good for him. I mean, he's playing at a high level there. He's helping his team win. You know, he's getting accolades to show how, you know, prolific uh, a score. And, and not only that, but how great he is on the defensive end as well, you know? So he's really making an impact on his team. And you're hoping that that's going to translate over to the NBA level. I know there's going to be some some time for him to adjust, but, you know, I'm going to tell you one thing for sure. That NBA Summer League is going to be something to see this year. 
you know, you plan on going? Absolutely. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely going out to NBA summer league for the second that those credential applications open up. I'm applying. I got approved last year. I've been a couple of times, so I'm hoping they say, all right, yeah, we'll let you back again. Because you know, like you said, Wimben Yama is this once in a lifetime generational super talent mm -hmm. that like everybody in who covers basketball is going to want to be there. Everybody is going to want to talk to him. Everyone is going to want to apply for applications for those credentials. So you never know how many they're going to give out, but rest assured, it's going to be a packed house for Wimben Yama. No doubt, man. And you know, this is the one thing that Spurs fans, I think got really excited about is I believe it was Bleacher Report. One of those outlets or SB Nation, somebody had put out, a graphic and they're showing kind of what the expectation might be for the starting five. So you have Victor Wembeyama, Jeremy Sohan, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones. I mean, that, that starting five right there could be pretty nasty, man. You know, with uh, Victor Wembeyama there. So I think it's going to be great to see that the pressure isn't going to be so, let's say one-sided now with, you know, having those expectations with Keldon having to do everything or, looking to see, you know, what Jeremy's going to do, you know, and not only that, but, you know, you're looking at Devin Vassell as well. I mean, now with Victor, where he should be the primary focal point from not only your defensive anchor, but also your offense is going to flow through him. It should open the game a little bit more now for one Keldon and Trey and Devin, you know, and even Jeremy Sohan, it's going to give him more flexibility to really be able to do what they're, they're in, what their intended, uh, let's say, uh, you know, job is out there on the court. You know, for one, Jeremy Sohan can focus more on the defensive point. He doesn't have to be more so more of the focus or the expectation is you have to score so much. You yeah. know, that wasn't his strong suit for him. But if you get a couple of points here and there out of the kit, that's great. But his main point is going out there and being a prolific defender. So I'm interested to see what the trajectory would be of the team uh, come next season, and how's that going to affect them? Not only from an offensive perspective, but also their defensive—you know, the, the defensive perspective as well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, adding someone like Victor Wembanyama on the defensive end—he's—I mean, obviously, people love watching the highlights of him scoring those one-legged fadeaways, the you know, step backs from three. He misses, he puts it back on a dunk, the alley oops. They love all that stuff. But I think what makes him really special is the defensive end. You know, he's seven mm -hmm. foot five eight-foot wingspan, great lateral mobility, really deft feet, right? He's got super high basketball IQ. He's, his ground coverage is insane. He's coming up with weak side, you know, uh, rotations to come over and, and protect the rim. He's a guy who, if you try to challenge him at the rim, you try to dunk on him, he's going to meet you. He's not afraid. He blocks a ton of jump shots from three. He blocks a ton of jump shots when guys try to ISO him one-on-one -on -one in the mid-range. Like, He's just so good at erasing mistakes and also containing pretty much every position on the court that he makes everyone's job easier. So like Sohan's job is going to be easier. Trey Jones' job is going to be easier. And I think if you want to keep Keldon in the starting lineup, who, you know, arguably one of the worst defenders at his position in the NBA, doesn't really matter that much because you're going to be surrounding him with really solid defenders and with Victor Wimbanyama. Like you're not going to have to worry too much about Keldon. So he just changes everything on the defensive end of the court. So I'm excited for that. I'm really, really excited for that. You know, one of the things I was kind of thinking about, you're looking at that, you know, it's just theoretical thing, you know, in theory. 
what's going to happen with the starting five with that graphic, you know, and Spurs fans have kind of been, you know, went to Twitter and kind of said the same thing. Hey, that starting five could be nasty. What if coach pop inserts Wemby as the, as a forward and has Zach Collins, you know, kind of play the center position, you know, if they want to go ahead and get a little bit more length and, you know, have somebody help presence there in the paint, you know, in the interior, um, that could be a possibility as well. You know, of course you have injuries that could happen as well. We hope that doesn't happen, but I'm just saying you have some, some flexibility there with the starting five. And even if Zach, let's say comes off the bench, that's still not a bad thing. You're going to have a great second unit. So it's going to give the team much needed balance, you know, and I went and saw that Spurs fans were also saying now with all the cap space, the, the team can go out there and start really getting pieces out there to build around this kid. I think you have some good pieces here. There's no need to go out and just spend or overspend on, yeah. you know, veteran players to, to surround the kid. I mean, let's see how some of the talent you have right now is going to go ahead and flourish and develop. I don't think there's any rush to do that. You do have some veteran players here already. So I think they just uh, the Spurs can go ahead and just sit back and really at this point see what they can can do with the pieces that they have. Again, there's no need to panic and go out there and be desperate. Uh, thoughts on that? I mean, with Zach Collins, you know, maybe being inserted in the starting five to play against alongside Wemby. And what do you think about the offseason and the cap space that the Spurs have with that flexibility? Yeah, I love the idea of having Zach Collins play at the center, maybe move Sohan or even Keldon to the bench. I don't know. But I, I like the idea of that because one of the things that Wemby had mentioned, and at least from his camp, uh, he doesn't really want to play center. He doesn't really want to be banging down low with guys like Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or Jonas Valanciunas or, uh, you know, big bodies like Giannis. Like, that's not really what he wants to do. And ideally, he's a guy who can kind of roam around the court and erase mistakes and cover a lot of ground. And, you know, he's not uh, – he, he's definitely not a guy like Shaq who's, you know – built like a like a diesel truck right he's not he's not that and that's not his role you know that that shouldn't be his role and I think if you have Zach Collins in there to man the post and let Wemby roam a little bit that's probably the best use of him from year one and I also think it takes some pressure off of him on uh, the offensive end as well because as much as we make of him being you know this uh you know generational prospect who can you know can dribble he can shoot he can do this and this and that you know, he didn't really shoot that well from three. Like he shot 28% from three this season. That's not a good percentage. Now the shot is really fluid. It looks really smooth, but he's just not consistent. And he's best when he has time right now. And I think if you can have someone who legitimately does space the floor, like Zach Collins out there, it really helps for the spacing as opposed to having, you know, Keldon who kind of struggled this year and Trey who struggled for his career and Jeremy Sohan, who's a non-shooter, like I think that sort of helps you on both ends of the court. As for the, you know, cap space, they're going to have around, I believe Paul Garcia was projecting about $30 million in cap space this off season. And if you want to spend some of that, you know, great. Cause you're going to have to, or you'll end up doing what happened this year where you spread yeah. that unused cap space. Cause you didn't reach the ceiling to the players as like a bonus of sorts. I think you can chase a few guys, but like you said, I, I just don't think there's any need to rush the rebuild and honestly the best part of a rebuild is when you land that franchise player and you have no expectations year one the expectation is let's see what this guy can do he's special we want to see you know some flashes of that unique talent and and i think that's the most fun part you can have like i look at the oklahoma city thunder fans and they loved having shea gilgis alexander and josh giddy and 
uh, Jalen Williams out there. And there were no expectations, right? They didn't think, oh, we're making the playoffs. They thought we're going to be in the lottery again. And they made the plan. They nearly made the playoffs. And they had the time of their lives. And I think Spurs fans should be happy with whatever happens next season because it's, it's year one. It's year one of Wimby. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah, you know, enjoy the ride for what it is, but also looking at the Spurs depth chart, you know, and looking to see what they have again. You know, we talked about the starters and Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, you have Keldon Johnson, uh, Jeremy Sohan, and then, of course, you know, what are you going to do with Wemby? Are you going to put him in the forward position and then switch out, you know? So interesting there, but in the second unit, you have Devontae Graham, Malachi Branham, Doug McDermott, KBD, Kata Bates-Diop, Charles Bassey, you know, so... You got some flexibility there, and that's not even going into the third. You know, in the third, you kind of got, again, you know, Malachi Branham that you could put in there, Romeo Langford, Dominique Barlow, Mamu. You know, Mamu's always good to come out, high-energy player, give you some quality minutes, you know, 10, 14 minutes a game. I mean, and the kid, the kid can shoot. You know, he could shoot a three. So he quickly became a fan favorite in his debut last season. So I think the Spurs have a really uh, balanced squad here. It's going to be – Interesting to see the dynamic moving forward into the next season and see how all this kind all these pieces kind of fit together and what they can do as far as maybe winning a couple more games. Am I expecting them to, you know, change the trajectory of the team and then win just 50 games, you know, next season, much like they did with the David Robinson, you know, when David Robinson came with this came and played with the Spurs in his first season? I don't think so, but I think they're gonna win a couple more games and might be flirting with a, a play-in and that would be exciting because again yeah you know that's exactly what you want you know you get a team that's going to come in and change the dynamic immediately have an impact on this on on the team and what they can do and not only that Noah, but here's the other exciting thing spurs fans have always been upset spurs have not been a team that you really want to put on national tv over the course of the last four years well how come they're not getting any love they're not on the you know the the nationals uh you know the stage per se on ESPN and all that. Well, I think that's going to change this year. How many Absolutely. Do you think the Spurs are going to have nationally televised games? And do you think we're going to actually see them play during the, the coveted Christmas day? I think they will play on Christmas day. I just don't think that there's any way you can keep women Yama off TV on those like major, you know, holiday games. Like they have games on, I think they have Easter, Valentine's Day. They have a Christmas, Thanksgiving. Like, I think they'll be on all those major games, especially the Christmas one. And I'm thinking just based on what we saw with guys like Zion and Paolo and even John Morant, who was the second pick a few years ago, like all those teams got about 10 to 20 national games. I would not be surprised if Victor Wimbanyama brings the Spurs about 20 by himself because he's one of those guys like LeBron James or – if we want to go to another sport like Bryce Harper, who yeah. they were phenoms from the moment they were, you know, 15, 16, they're the chosen ones. They're the, you know, next big thing like that. That's him. Like no disrespect to, you know, Zion or Paolo or, or Chet, but those guys are great. But when Yama, he's called generational for a reason. We didn't hear anybody else say once in a lifetime or generational with those other guys. This guy is truly special. And I think it'll be nice to have games on <laughs> TNT, ABC, ESPN like it'll just be really nice because they were almost never on TV and granted they weren't good but now they have some draw they have a lot of draw and his name is Victor Wimbayama so super excited for that yeah yeah Spurs got some star power now in Victor Wimbayama you know I know that 
things are going to change, especially at the AT&T Center with the media and whatnot. You know, there's going to be a lot yeah. of requests now. It's going to be really <laughs> packed. There were a lot of empty seats last year. If you looked over yeah. at the media area, hardly but anybody went, you know, it was kind of empty. Just, you know, you had your regulars, your old faithfuls there. But you look over to the media area and it was pretty scarce. I don't think that's going to yeah, happen yeah. this upcoming season. But the flip side to the Spurs landing that number one pick. And the other uh, discussion here that we've had with uh, not, you know, with, you know, other guests in general on the show yourself as well, but Spurs fans on Twitter is, and, you know, all the social media platforms is nobody wants to come to play with the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are not an attractive landing spot for free agents. Well, I think that's about to change depending on how well this team does next season. You know, there's going to be some maybe interest where there wasn't maybe interest before and you know, free agency over the summer. And that's not a bad thing. You know, before San Antonio was not looked upon as a destination, but now, you know, you have the number, the Spurs, you know, possibly getting the number one pick in Victor Wembeyama, which, I mean, all expectations are he's going to be a San Antonio <laughs> Spur. Let's, let's be honest, you know. I think that's going to change the way that a lot of these free agents look at the San Antonio Spurs, especially with, you know, hey, some players who maybe wanted to play with Coach Pop and be on, on the squad here and say, hey, they've admired Coach Pop for quite some time. Now that the Spurs got that number one pick and you still have Coach Pop coaching the team, maybe in, now might be the time to come on over to San Antonio. And the thing is, if some of these other coveted free agents want to go ahead and take a chance and see what you know they can do here with San Antonio and, and them having you know Victor Wembeyama, they might be willing to forego a little bit less of a paycheck, you know, to go ahead and maybe win something here with San Antonio. As Victor said, his expectation is he wants to go ahead and win a ring as soon as possible. He doesn't yeah. want to be waiting around, you know, and I like that out of the kid. I like that, you know, a lot. You want to hear something like that. You don't want to hear, well, maybe we can do it in a couple of years. No, he wants to have an immediate impact. And you like that enthusiasm out of this kid, you know, but, what do you think about San Antonio now being an attractive destination for free agents this summer? Yeah, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting because, you know, I love Timmy, love David Robinson. They were both, you know, Hall of Fame players. They helped the Spurs win championships. But I don't think they were, you know, as entertaining or had such a loud personality like Wimben Yama does, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know that people were dying to get to San Antonio to play with Timmy. There were a few guys, right? You had guys like, you know, Bruce Bowen and Brent Barry and Michael Finley, who like understood the importance of you know, trying to win a championship and they were at the tail end of their career. But I think with Wimbenyama, there are going to be a lot of guys who go, we've never seen someone like this before. This dude is fun. This dude is special. The Spurs have a good young core. They've got money to spend. I, I might want to head over there. So I, I think things could change a lot. And just as a quick little side note here, Trey Jones is up for a new contract. I don't think it'll be that expensive. And I think with Devin Vassell, you know, he's a guy who was averaging like 20 points per game last season until that, you know, unfortunate nagging knee, you know, injury really took him out. And, you know, hate to see injuries, but that took away a lot of leverage for this upcoming extension. And with, with the way that the CBA works now, the Spurs will be able to sign him to a five-year extension. And I'm thinking that number is not going to be in the 20 millions anymore. Like for a guy whose numbers kind of went down at the end of the year, missed a lot of games, like the Spurs could have even more financial flexibility. And they'll have a lot of young guys on their roster who are already entering their prime. So I'm excited to see kind of how free agents respond to that. Because as you mentioned, 
guys could really maybe want to head here. And that's not really something we've seen. Yeah, and that's not something we've seen in the past, you know. So, again, it's another thing to get excited about. And I'm going to go ahead and share, too, uh, some of the reactions that we've had here on, on <laughs> social media, you know, because it's been quite the ride, you know, because, again, if you know, you know, you know <laughs> what was going on with the Spurs fans here uh, last year. You know, there was something always going on here. But here's some of the exciting uh, things that, you know, we've seen. Everything's been positive. Spurs fans have a different swagger about them, you know. Um, it's just been fun to see, you know, everybody putting up either reactions or sharing the video of the Spurs getting that number one pick. Look, there's our boy Mac. <laughs> Everyone lend us your joy. <laughs> you know, there's Also, Ty. it's Ty's birthday today, so yeah, shout out to Ty. Say. Happy birthday, Ty. Yeah, happy birthday to Ty. I'll go ahead and DM him later and wish him happy birthday. You know, but look, you know, it, it, it's different now. This is the way things used to be, you know, Spurs fans getting excited, posting th messages of positivity. You know, yeah, different energy, fighting. good energy for the first time yeah. in a long time. You absolutely love to see that because, Joe, you are absolutely right. Last season was, for as much as we tried to make it positive with, you know, this guy's developing and this guy's showing flashes, it was, it was hard. You know, watching 60 games, uh, losses, and Joe, they set the NBA record for most losses by 35-plus points. The previous record was six. They had nine this past yeah. season. I mean, it just was – it was tough. Like, there's no way to – you know, else way – other way to say that. It was really hard. So, I, I hate to say, oh, you know, the Spurs deserved it and their fans deserved it. They do. We did. We went through that, you know. Like, <laughs> we, we, we deserve that. Every single person who was involved with the organization, from media to fans to, yeah. you know, uh, the players, we earned this. We, <laughs> the, yeah. the basketball gods repaid us for our patience. Yeah, definitely they did, you know. And it doesn't usually happen that way. If you, if you tank, you don't get rewarded, you know. And let's be honest, you know, the Spurs were, were tanking, but they were doing it with grace because of Coach Pop. He's not about that, you know. But I, I don't think they were – trying to throw games but i mean there was some times you know especially in the later part of the season where oh let's just go ahead and sit this kid let's i'm like ah, okay they you know, babied injuries yeah they babied, babied injuries. injuries a little bit but yeah. you know what? why wouldn't you you've got a bunch of good young assets so you don't want to risk their future and also compromise your lottery odds like you might as well do what you can to just be safe and you know help yourself with the ping pong balls and it worked out right yeah, it did and you know you also want to see what you got in these young guys you know let's see what they can offer the team by getting some playing time at the end of the season. You know, when you're going to go ahead and rest your starters again, there's no reason to be putting them in there because they're really not playing for much, you know, and you're just giving them rest and letting these young guys go out there and ball out. And that's what that's exactly what happened. And it was fun to see some of the other younger players that didn't get much playing time during the regular season finish off on a high, you know. And the other thing I was going to get to right here as we start bringing things to a close, DeJounte Murray, and I see you wearing the shirt that says 15 years. You know, he's very I confident. what that's a reference to, huh? Yeah, 15 years. Very confident when he left. You know, oh, this team, you know, talking. And look, man, this is his truth. I get that, you know. But, I mean, to continuously come out and keep on going out on podcast and saying things about the team, but, oh, I love them. I'm like, okay, if you love the team, why are you always bashing them so bad? And then you see what happened with his season over with the Hawks, you know, and then you're seeing what's going to go on with Trey Young and, a lot of turmoil going on over there. And over here with San Antonio Spurs, 
the the famous the infamous quote was oh it's going to take them 15 years you know to go ahead and get back you know to to being i guess even mentioned or even you know back to the team they once were you know well it looks like that trajectory isn't going to be 15 years you know it's going to be a lot sooner and yeah. you know do i feel bad for dejounte not really cuz that's what he wanted you know he made it clear you don't got to trade me but i ain't coming back you know <laughs> they had to do what they had to do so you know, sometimes you think the grass is greener on the other side and you find out you should have stayed home, you know? So can you imagine what the lineup would have been, though, if the Spurs would have kept DeJounte or he would have stayed here and then they hit get that number one pick with Victor Wimbayama, you know? Yeah, I, I also think of it like if DeJounte was here, you would have been too good to get the number one pick probably. And also just with the weight, and I mean, we talked about it like two seasons ago because it's been a little bit now since he's been on the team, but he was a guy who was number four in the NBA in touches per game. He was touching the ball 100 yeah. times per game. But would we have seen Devin Vassell, you know, take a leap or Keldon Johnson take a leap or a lot of these other young guys have an opportunity to touch the ball? Probably not. So, you know, as much as I loved while he was here, like everything that he did for the Spurs and the community and, and you know, becoming an all-star from being a guy who was kind of overlooked, like, he should be proud of his accomplishments, but the Spurs had the foresight to know, look, we got to move off of him and we're going to rebuild and hopefully we'll be better for it. And they are. So, you know, I don't feel sorry for DeJounte, but I do think he needs to just maybe grow up just a little bit. Cause you know, he's, he's close. He's basically my age and he's still hunting on social media for his name. And I get it. It's tough. You're under a lot of scrutiny, but I wish him well. I wish him well, but I also yeah, know that the Spurs are in a good position now. Yeah, they're in a good position. They're better than they were a season ago, you know, so that's a good thing. And they kind of, you know, moved off some of the players that they needed to move off of, you know, to give them an opportunity to go to other teams and, and hopefully, you know, uh, go deeper into the playoffs or even get into the playoffs. You know, we even seen some of that happen this in the, in the playoffs this season. You know, you look to see what's going on with Derek White and how Derek White was battling against DeJounte Murray, two former teammates, you know, and then <laughs> what's going on with Lonnie Walker there, you know, and he had his little uh, time to shine there during the Golden State series, you know, where he came up and he just exploded in that fourth quarter, you know, Huge and then seen Steph Curry signing his jersey and he put it out on so social media. And they're still playing, you know, you still have, you know, the Denver Nuggets and the Lakers playing in the NBA uh, playoffs right now in the Western Conference Finals. One of those teams is going to wind up going to the NBA Finals. And I'm pretty sure it's going to wind up being the Nuggets, you know. But if it was the Lakers, I wouldn't be mad. You know, hey, good for Lonnie, you know. But, again, you know, Lonnie's one of these guys that, you know, is not going to be called upon to score, like, you know, tons of points when he has a, yeah. an explosion, you know, in the fourth quarter where he goes off. I mean, he goes off, and it's he's looking like the savior of the team. And that's what happens, you know, when you have uh, teammates, you know, and you have players that need to step up on one given night because – one of your star players isn't really having a good shooting night, you know, and that's what happened with Lonnie, you know, so good for him, you know, and then you see what's going on now with the coaches. Coaches with winning records, man. It's tough to be a coach in the NBA this season. Bud is gone. Monty Bud. Williams is gone. Doc Rivers is gone. Yeah. And you know what? They could, The Spurs could really could decide, hey, let's bring Bud home. Let's bring Monty Williams home. But it, it, there's a lot of guys who they could technically even Tiago Splitter, they could bring him home as well. So I don't know. But a lot there's you're right, a lot of winning coaches out the yeah. door. There's a plethora of coaches out there right now. I mean, 
honestly, if you're a Spurs fan, do you really want Doc Rivers coaching your team? Probably not, you know? No, I'm okay to leave him on the sidelines. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Doc. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll find a home somewhere else, but it's just not going to be here in San Antonio. But some of the other coaches, I think the Spurs are going to be eyeing and looking who's going to be a successor successor for one coach Popovich because, you know, I don't want him to retire. I don't think anybody ever wants him to retire. But, you know, you got to kind of think about that in the back of your your mind here. I mean, what a fitting end would it be to to finally for Coach Pop to get this team at the cusp of of taking that next leap and then, you know, finally saying, all right, it's it's my time. These these kids are in good hands now. You know, I did my thing here as as being the the father figure of the team and setting them up for success, and then handing the reins over to somebody else. That would be a a very classy move. And you know, he's gonna say it with without much fun fanfare. You know, he's not gonna announce yeah. this is my last season. He's just gonna be like, I ain't coming back. <laughs> you know, I don't think he'll go to social media. He didn't. He's not gonna want the Spurs to put anything out there, but they will. You know. He's going to be like, don't tell nobody I'm gone. Just, you know, when, <laughs> when they go to the training camp and you roll out somebody new on the court, that's when they'll know, you know. So I'm just going to be thankful and I'm going to watch Coach Pop this season, you know, because again, you just never know which one's going to be his last. But go out there, support the team, have fun with it, you know, for people that are, are Noah's age or even younger. This is an exciting time for you guys. This is what you live for. This is your era now. You know, and, and you're going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting for you guys to watch this team grow and then finally be able to push on through to bigger and better things. And hopefully, you know, probably within the next, I'd say, five years, six years, maybe the Spurs will be uh, one of these teams that are talked about as, as being a championship contender. Who knows, you know, but the sooner the better. Because, you know, I, I like to see me, me some San Antonio Spurs during Fiesta. You know, it goes hand in hand. And, and I miss seeing that, you know being out at Oyster Bay, being at the parade, or even at any Fiesta event, and seeing all those Spurs flags, seeing the Spurs gear, seeing the fans that are excited. There's just a different vibe here in the city when the Spurs are winning. Everything just seems like it's back to normal. This is the way things should be. The Spurs should be winning. They should be in the conversations. Spurs fans should be sporting their gear, not, uh, I don't want to wear it because they're not winning. Yeah, just... No, no plastic bags or uh, paper yeah. bags over your head at the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to see the bootleg tees again, you know, down yes. drive, you know, down Marbach Road. Obi-Wan <laughs> Ginobili during the playoffs. A million oh, of those shirts yeah. on the corners of every street. Yeah. yeah I remember. It, it, you take it for granted, but yeah. I'm excited for it too. Tent cities, you know, you'd see them lined up all up and down Marbach, all up and down Military Drive. That's where everybody used to get their merch back before you could buy it online, you know. <laughs> You would just go down this, you know, to those little sections right there and you could get anything from flags to shirts, you name it, man. They had it at, they had it there. And then I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that resurgence. You know, it's gonna make me happy to say, Oh, these are the way things used to be, you know. So I'm also gonna be it's gonna be exciting for me, Noah, because I was thinking, I was talking with my ticket rep, even in the summertime, you know, uh last summer and even, you know, during the regular season. I'm on the I was on the fence about getting season tickets i'm finally going to pull the trigger on that you know i, I would I, too i texted him last night you know and i said hey danny we gotta have a talk today <laughs> you know? and he's like yeah you just got to put down you know your your down payment i think it's like a hundred dollars for like if you want two tickets it's 200 bucks and then the exciting part for me is i get to go on saturday with everybody else and then you get to go and pick out your seats 
So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm not going to be there. I'm not getting the package for the entire season. Full disclosure here. I'm only going to be able to do it on the weekends. You know, but it's like 10 or something like that games that you get to, you know, enjoy. But, you know, that's probably all I can do right now because I'm working so much during the week. I don't have time and I'm I'm working evenings. So there's no time that I'm going to have to go to the game. You know, so even on Friday games, I'm probably going to wind up giving those tickets away to some, some of my family members. But Saturday games, Sunday games, I'll be up for that. You know, there are going to be some Friday games that I can go to. I'll have some giveaways, of course, here and there, you know. But it's going to be fun, man, finally being able to be say that I'm a Spurs season ticket holder year one. Wow. <laughs> you know, full circle, Noah. A hundred percent. I just I cannot believe that they got so lucky. And Joe, I don't know if you saw, but Forbes said the franchise that wins Wimbenyama will add half a billion dollars in value oh, yeah. to their team. It's the Spurs. It's the Spurs. Like, there's just overnight. Yeah. There's just nothing that could have gone better than how it went last night. I'm still, I still don't know if this is, is real. I, yeah. I still have to pitch myself and go, wait, was <laughs> I dreaming? Did, did this actually happen? Because it just feels surreal. I, I cannot believe it, but I'm so happy it happened. Yeah. It's, it's exciting times, man. And, you know, I'm going to give everybody a little hint of what I'm working on here because. I got some things that I'm working on for the summer, in the summertime here. And I purchased a domain, you know, and I was telling you guys about the domain that I purchased. Purchased last season. And I was always wondering, what should I do with it? What should I do with it? Well, I'll tell you afterwards what I'm going to wind up doing with it. But the domain that I did purchase is SpursTwitter.com. So keep an eye out for that. There's nothing that's been done as far as like the website. It's still a work in progress. And I'm like, am I going to make it a social media site? I'm like, no, we already got social media. So it's, it was kind of in flux, but I have a clear direction of what's going to happen. It's going to be exciting uh, for the, the Spurs fans moving forward. So I'm looking to finally unveil what I'm going to wind up doing here, you know, after, probably after summer league and whatnot, but it, it's going to be some special, let's put it like that. But as we bring the show to a close now, Noah, uh, you want to let the fans know about anything that you got work, you know, that you're working on over there at Air Alamo, or even with Josh, you know? Yeah, sure. The, first off, thank you so much for bringing me on. It's been a little bit since we've talked about the Spurs, oh, yeah. so always enjoy this. Have a blast talking Spurs with you. But you can find me on Twitter at n underscore magaro m a g a r o. I'm probably going to be starting up that YouTube channel again, doing some you know, film breakdowns, Wimben Yama, some of the other guys on the roster. So you can find me on my by my name, Nomagara George there. And then you can also find my writing at uh, Air Alamo. So check that out. And we're going to be starting the podcast up again, the Air or Alamo City Limits. So we <laughs> just got the rights from SB Nation. They have transferred it to nice. Fan Sided. So we'll get that started up here pretty soon. We'll be talking about your Spurs again. And hopefully we'll have a lot of listeners because there is a lot to be excited about. But again, thank you so much, Joe. Really appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, now Spurs cast is part of uh, Air Alamo as well. So it'd be mm-hmm. exciting to get out, get the guys together now since we're kind of co-workers, you know, because I jump <laughs> out on uh, on Spurs cast with, with Paul quite a bit. It'd be nice to, to get everybody as guests on each other's podcasts, you know. So we'll have to do that, you know, on occasion here moving forward. That'll be fun. Absolutely. So, yeah, so for Noah Magaro-George, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for watching and listening to another episode of the two shots podcast and like we always say spread the love stop the hate be kind we're out peace